Yes, it's that time of year again. Of course, we love WKRP all year long, but especially now as we get closer to Thanksgiving and recall that incredibly funny episode. Did you know we have five different WKRP designs, including three different turkey drop-inspired ones? Simply go to CincyShirts.com and type WKRP into the search bar and have a look. Use the promo code at the end of this episode to save 20% on your entire order online or in-store. Now, on with the show. WKRP in Cincinnati. This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 192. Today on our show, it's all about Norwood with Donna Lake and Susan Daniels. There were some tunnels that have since been filled in that my husband talks about when they would play baseball down at the Waterworks Stadium that they would they would go into the tunnel that ran under the roads that were meant for the subway. Susan and Don are both members of the Norwood Historical Society, and they join us to talk about the city's history, including its former name, the boom times, the bus times, and the epic comeback, plus a whole lot more. Now, if you've been liking the show, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for that special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. And before we talk to Susan and Don about Norwood, I'm going to warn you, the audio is a little uh, sketchy. I had to. I had some problems with my audio setup. I was trying to run my phone through my speakers, which I normally never have a problem with, and it just would not work. But the show must go on, and so I tried to fix the audio in post, as we say, and I think I fixed it. So, but if it is, is a little spotty, I apologize. But in the meantime, uh, let's enjoy this great conversation with Susan and Donna about Norwood. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. Let me just introduce yourselves and kind of tell me what your uh, roles are within the city of Norwood and your relation to the city of Norwood. Well, my name is Donna Lake. I am a former health commissioner, um, a former president of council, and at the present time, I'm just uh, temporarily taking um, a three-month council position to uh, complete the term of someone who had to resign. I'm also um, a member of the Norwood Historical Society and an officer of Norwood Business and Professional Women's Club, a member of the tree board, and um, a member of something called ASAP Norwood Activating Substance Abuse Prevention. So I'm just active in the community, um, trying to be a private citizen now, and just, you know, as I said, just trying to be active in the community. Great. Okay. And Susan? My name is Susan Daniels, and I am a lifelong resident, uh, born and raised in Norwood. I am the current president of the Norwood Historical Society. I am also a treasurer and officer of Norwood Together, which is a uh, community development uh, organization. Also a stakeholder in the Keep Norwood Cool um, organization run by Dana Ball. So yeah, also also uh, pretty busy in Norwood. All right, sounds like it. So um, I'm not from around these parts originally, but I've lived here for 25 years, and... Uh, 
when I first moved here, Norwood was kind of a, a place to move to. My uh, a buddy of mine had bought a house there. And I come to realize years later that for a time, this, this is no longer the case that I can tell, Norwood was kind of the, the butt of jokes of some people in Cincinnati, as was a city that in Cleveland near called Parma, uh, say almost identical to Norwood, next biggest city in the county. So it was a separate city from the main city in the county. And, but Parma kind of leaned into it for a while, and then people kind of left it alone, and now you know it's uh, a great and up-and-coming place still. And I've kind of gotten that sense with Norwood, that Norwood is really, you know, I still think of it as uh, the cool and hip place, not the place that was supposed to be the butt of people's jokes in the 70s. <laughs> it sure was. Um, the big joke was that you couldn't go in and out of Norwood without going over railroad tracks. We had a lot of industry, gosh, you know, Globe Wernicke, General Motors, train car company, um, just just any number of um, just any number of industries, and we are a working class community. And there was a radio station who shall remain, and a, and a DJ who shall remain anonymous or nameless right now. <laughs> but uh, he used to talk about the fat lady from Norwood, and yeah, we were the butt of jokes. And it was uh, I'm not a lifelong resident. I moved here when I married my husband, but I always found Norwood to be. We had the phrase, it takes a community long before it takes a community was famous. My kids couldn't get into trouble without me knowing about it before they came home. I would watch out for neighborhood kids. And that's just the way Norwood is, always has been. So it's nice now to have young people move in knowing that they can buy houses cheaper than if they go to Hyde Park or Oakley, but they're just as beautiful and maybe more so, better value for their money, get involved in the community. So it's a it's a hot happening place right now, but it sure didn't used to be, and I'm sure Susan can uh, expound on that. Yeah, I would say there was, you know, a small gray area. In the earlier 1900s, everything's being built upon, all the industries changing, types of companies coming in, being built. Um, and then you got, you know, the redevelopment of, you know, the 60s and 70s. So a lot of now buildings are changing and then corporations are leaving. Just, But we did have a, a great period, I would say. We were more maybe forgotten about or pretty much the, the butt of the jokes. But uh, we're definitely um, back in the running as far as building up our momentum. And, you know, people that have stayed in Norwood this, this whole time can definitely see the change which is great. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a long race. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. There you go. And Norwood is almost as old as Cincinnati, or actually, I think it's older by a year or two, isn't it? It is. Really, the surrounding areas around Cincinnati are just about as old as Cincinnati. As people were flocking in pilgrims, you know, back in the day, they all flocked to, they created their own villages, and as people spread out and bought land, they kind of all just flocked together. And so each city is, is roughly, you know, in its own boat as far as being really old, but more established in the mid-1800s is when Norwood was really being more developed and, and thought of as the city to go to to get away from downtown Cincinnati due to the, the lush, you know, farmlands and and the hills that we have, well, really one hill, but, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't always called Norwood. No, uh, we had several names. Just like, just like Cincinnati had uh, the Porkopolis nickname, you know, for a while. Norwood was also Sharpsburg. We were then changed to Northwood, and then they kind of dropped 
dropped that and just kind of changed it into uh, Norwood. So it really was just meant to be north of Cincinnati in a wooded place. <laughs> That's pretty much how they, they came up with Norwood. Very appropriate, too. It was also known as the uh, the garden spot of Cincinnati or of Hamilton County uh, very soon after that, correct? Because it was still, it maintained its, its woodiness, I guess, as it were, while Cincinnati really got industrialized, at least in the late uh, 19th century. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, just like the people today, you know, they kind of want to get away from the city and go towards the farmlands. But as the century continued on, you know, buildings were um, being built. Like down the side, we had Glen Warnicky and LeBlanc. So we had these huge, huge buildings. And, of course, the houses just came and, you know, were being built, you know, 15 houses at a time, you know, these subdivisions that were that were already um, bought by these prominent men back then. It was a slow development, but it took uh, a couple of decades, I'd say, to get majority of these Norwood houses built. The oldest section of Norwood is West Norwood, that was originally developed first, and um, I guess that might have been like the lowland, it might have been a little wet then, and had the uh, nickname of Swamp Poodle Town, <laughs> but that's the oldest section of Norwood, it remains, it, the, the oldest homes are, are remain there. Okay, so that's the area more like by Paddock Road, and just to give people an idea, that general area, or... So I would say like Hopkins. Hopkins runs from Montgomery Road, you know, goes all the way down to Reading, and so it kind of connects. And we used to have a streetcar that would run up there that would also bring people in and out of Norwood who, you know, maybe worked downtown Cincinnati but lived in Norwood or, you know, vice versa. A lot of these roads that connect, you know, to Montgomery Road or to other cities, those were our main arteries, but Hopkins and Definitely was, you know, one of the oldest streets that we could have. So I guess Montgomery Road running through town was probably a huge help to the growth of the area as well. Yeah, it still, you know, it still is a main artery today because it's a state route going in between all the cities. But even back then, you know, it was called Montgomery Pike because there were quote-unquote pikes. There were still farmland built back then. So when people had to get in and out of the city, there was actually hikes that they had to go through, or eventually they had to pay like a small toll, but of course they got rid of that as the farm, the farms went away, but they were, uh, you know, just pikes that were made out of wood, but you had to stop and go before you were able to get into another city. And today, um, speaking of highways, 71 is on the east side of town. Does Norwood's border go as far as to 75? I think it does, doesn't it, on, in the west? Yeah, Norwood's right in the middle of the lateral. So That's right. okay. the lateral was yeah, the lateral was built late sixties, early seventies. Um, a lot of homes were raised in the development of the lateral. I mean, you know, like it it's meant to take people in and out of seventy one and seventy five to go either direction, north and south. So but before then it you know, Nor- was completely changed because of the lateral um, being built. And originally, that was going to be the right-of-way for the ill-fitted subway. The subway was part of it. There's also the railroad tracks that are, they run parallel with the lateral. So the railroad tracks were uh, expanded a little. And there was actually a couple more more tracks to that. But, so yeah, so the subway would also kind of intertwine with that area if it was all the way done. <laughs> and there were, there, were a, there were some tunnels that have since been filled in. Uh-huh. Um, that 
my husband talks about when they would play baseball down at the Waterworks Stadium that they would they would go into the tunnels that ran under the roads that were meant for the subway. And they, during the summer when it was really hot, they would go in there and it would be nice and cool. So, but ultimately those were filled in. I think that's some recollection. There's some sort of concrete guardrails or something that were left when I first moved here that were part of the subway, but maybe I'm thinking of something else, maybe like right off the lateral. There are some that go up 71. You can see it as you're going up 71. Yeah, those, yeah. Um, Yeah, you can see those tunnels in Cincinnati, uh, but I don't think any of them, to my knowledge, none of them are open anymore uh, in Norway. Okay, well, that's interesting that, that, that those survived as long as most people just think of the subway as uh, having been built in the city of Cincinnati and that they didn't get very far with the other parts of it. But a uh, little known fact that some of the stuff was built and readied in Norwood for the subway. And I guess when the subway didn't work out, it really didn't hurt Norwood that badly. Norwood just kind of soldiered on. And like you said, all the industry you know, after World War II still developed. Yep, I think you're correct. Like you said, lots of industry and a lot of people who came to work um, here in the plants, especially at General at General Motors, um, came from Appalachia. So we had a very strong Appalachian culture. Um, they would come from Kentucky and Tennessee to come up and work in the factories. Great job. Sometimes some of our beautiful houses went, might have been chopped up and turned into like boarding homes where um, some of the folks would work here during the week and then go home on the weekends. And I think what you're seeing now is a revitalization of those homes that might have been chopped up into multi-families that are now kind of in a renaissance period where people are turning those back into single-family homes that are just beautiful. Yeah, that's always nice to see when uh, people can revitalize those instead of building new homes on the same land. Uh, You were saying earlier about some of the industry that it that was in Norwood, I guess probably the two most famous ones are probably LeBlanc, which is where Brookwood Commons is now, and uh, the GM factory. But uh, I guess I was reading the GM factory was kind of, they were faded from the start because it was one of the first GM facilities to become antiquated because I guess it was built on two stories or something like that, and that wasn't very efficient. Uh, Yeah, it was either two or three stories. Most of the plants now... In terms of efficiency and, and you know, as, as the cars are put together are just one long assembly line. And I know there, that it was at least two stories. So it probably was not as efficient as some of the newer built plants or some of the other plants around the country were. And so the, most famously, the, the most famous car built in Norwood, of course, was the Camaro. Um, and how long was that built there? Did they start building them there in 68 or did production move there in the 70s? I don't remember. I don't remember. Susan, do you know? Um, I mean, Fisher was initially the first, you know, before, uh, I guess, the merge with GM. I know they started, I'm going to say maybe the late 60s. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so when the Camaro first started being built, it was built there. Okay. The Firebirds, those were the two big ones, Camaro and Firebird. Yep, and I guess the last car off the line was, I think it was a Camaro, I remember reading. When I was preparing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay, so I was right it's, on that. It's still owned by, um, I guess, the original owner, and he's part of, a, uh, like, a car club, and, and there's a whole club meant for, you know, DM, I guess, not the family, but just, just DM owners that were made in Norwood. We actually had a car show for the Norwood Historical Society a couple of Saturdays ago, and I met with a guy who drove up his 1932 Chevy, beautiful black, 
still had the emblem on it that said made by Fisher. And he was talking about that that was also made in Norwood. And then he was trying to sell us another car that was made in Norwood. But he was talking about some of those and got to, to meet a couple of car owners also, you know, the Camaro owners that were made in uh, Norwood. Could you give folks an idea of where was the GM plant in relation to the rest of Norwood today? So it was in the heart of Norwood, so right off um, Montgomery Road, essentially right where the Board of Elections is, like that area. Okay, so that's... Bordered by, like, Park Avenue, Smith Road, Forest Avenue. It's literally almost in the center of Norwood, right off of the lateral. And before it closed, was there like, I know they had some labor struggles there, but was there really any indication of what was coming when GM closed it, or did that kind of take the city by surprise? Well, I was actually on council at the time. I was on council first, and from 1980 to 1983, and there was talk that there might be a problem. The General Motors was looking at the plants that were the, the most productive and you know, closures. And so it, there was always a possibility that that would happen. But um, I think they had told the city that they were going to, when they were going to close the plants, and it actually happened a couple of years earlier than their prediction. Uh-huh. And then you want to fill in the details? Um, well, I was five years old, so <laughs> I was driving my own little GM. <laughs> so it, it took the city quite by surprise, literally. And interestingly, there are, um, the law director at the time was friends with another attorney who was, uh, was nationally known. And the city of Norwood actually sued General Motors for leaving early and asked for restitution and all kinds of stuff. And the long and the short of it is that General Motors agreed to tear down the plant to um, remediate any um, environmental concerns that might have been present. And then they donated the land to the city of Norwood, parking garages and all of this stuff, which in my opinion is the main reason why Norwood was able to survive. Um, There was a lot of talk at the time about that we would have to merge with the city of Cincinnati because our tax base just was like, it, it was an absolute shock. I mean, we probably lost a third of our tax base, if not more than that. And so everybody thought, oh, you know, Cincinnati's going to come and take over, they're going to annex Norwood. And it just didn't happen because of that lawsuit in General Motors donating the land. And so where that where that is now, there are office spaces, the parking garage, um, one of the parking garages remains, and there's um, a, the CDK building that's right on the corner of Montgomery and Sherman. And the other um, parking lot where they used to park the cars until the trucks would come and take them away is actually where at the lateral, Linden Point or at the lateral sits today. And that's the site of PACOR and Urology Center and uh-huh. a lot of um, office buildings. And so what a wonderful thing to happen. And I think that's why Norwood survived. It's a great tale because a, a lot of places where that happens, that is not the case. You know, the, the big factory leaves and that the town kind of dries up from there so it, it was good to see that Norwood was able to fight back because GM was by far the largest employer in the city correct oh absolutely at, at one point in time they were running three ships they were running 24 7 
couldn't make cars fast enough. And then eventually they went down to two ships, and then eventually it was one ship. And and then, as you know, they, they closed. So instead of having rotting buildings sitting there, you know, the, that just what would have been an eyesore, and, yeah, we didn't have that because of the law. So thankfully, General Motors uh, did that. And as I said today, where those buildings were, it's interesting that that's just like a, a like the Renaissance. There's instead of being an industrial town, we're now more of a office space where we're like the medical mecca of Hamilton County. We normally sits literally in the geographic center of Hamilton County, and so we are literally minutes from anywhere. Um, it's a great place. It's uh, you know sitting between 71, 75, and right on State Route 562. So it's a great place for offices or you know medical offices to come. And uh, we've just described since those changes have happened. And as the other famous employer, uh, LeBlanc Inc., I only know because of the big smokestack at Rookwood Commons. What did LeBlanc do, and when did they get there, and what what happened to them, and how did that area become the Rookwood Commons? I'm not certain when they left. I used to actually live on Atlantic Avenue, which is where one of the Rookwoods is today. But LeBlanc was there, I know. I, we actually bought our house in the 70s, and LeBlanc was still there then. I think that Jeff Anderson was interested in building the Rookwoods, and he purchased the LeBlanc plant when they closed down. There was, at one point in time, there was a lake a little pond in the middle of that where the parking lot is now that was a detention pond that as the rain would come down um, if, if the um, storm sewers got too full a gate would come down and some of the storm water would go into um, the, the little pond at LeBron and then as the rain stopped the gates would you know it would drain out back into the, um, the storm sewers but they sat there empty and when Jeff Anderson bought that, and there was, there was a smaller factory, in the, like an old um, factory in the back that I think had been abandoned, and they were using it as a gymnasium, like a gymnastics facility. So he bought that up and put in the first Brooklyn. There was a big move that they wanted to save some of the buildings. And so there is still the power plant there now that um, had been a Mexican restaurant. Now it's my understanding that's going to be a, a new restaurant um, that is Ford something, um, the first restaurant outside of, of Florida. Yeah. So that uh, building is saved, and then the smokestack. There's a lot of, the smokestack has a candy store in it, farm candy, and you can still see some of the Rookwood that was saved from the LeBlanc plant. So that was the first Rookwood, and then it kind of moved on from there, and they developed into the sort of buying houses on Arbor Place and on Edmonton Road and to the second <laughs> Norwood or Rookwood and then eventually moved across um, Edmonton Road Edmonton Road, and um, now we have the three different Rookwoods all of which are beautiful and that, that kind of part of area kind of just was off by itself it was kind of cut off from the rest of Norwood a lot of people didn't even know that was Norwood we had a different zip code most of Norwood is 45212 and that area, when there were houses over there, was 45209. I actually lived on Atlantic Avenue, and there was a young couple that moved in across the street. So when he got his first tax bill, he said, I had no idea I lived in Norwood. I thought I lived in Oakley. <laughs> he said, why didn't you tell me? 
like, why didn't I tell you? I thought you were a smart guy. You know, he said, yeah, I got my house for like $10,000 if I had gone across the road and bought it in Oakland. So most people didn't even know that that was part of Norwood, interestingly. So Norwood is very, the people in Norwood are very, uh, they want people to know that, that it's Norwood. And when those Rookwoods were built, you'll see that there are signs there that say City of Norwood. The mayors insisted at the time that, you know, we wanted people to, to know that it was Norwood. There's a restaurant up there that I call to get carry out sometimes, and they'll say the name of the restaurant, Hyde Park, and I say, huh. oh, I'm sorry, I meant to call Norwood. And they'll say, well, hi, Donna, what do you mean? <laughs> like, huh. you need to change your name. You need to say, this, you know, your store name in Norwood. <laughs> We're working on it. Yeah, I remember the Rookwoods were both received very well, but I remember Phase 3, there was a little bit of controversy because where Phase 3 is now, where uh, the restaurants are and the hotel, is that was a neighborhood of houses. And when they decided to build Phase 3, that was the, a lot of controversy and a lot of debate about whether they should seize those houses through eminent domain. Or is it, was it better for the city or was it, you know, to leave them? But I guess in the long run, it, did, it has turned out to work out better for the city of Norwood. Yeah, and absolutely, and you know, there's always controversy when you um, take stuff by eminent domain that was that was declared blighted, and you know, I don't, I don't really know that it was blighted. I think that once the development started on Edwards Road and it started just encroaching upon the residential area, I used to say that it was like living in the eye of a tornado. Like there was just there was just traffic and congestion and light and everything all around, all around. And then you were stuck in this little center. So it certainly wasn't the neighborhood that it that that it had been. It was a cut through from people to go from Oakley down to the expressway. So cars were zooming down. Kids couldn't play and safely play outside much anymore. It was it it, it had definitely changed. But there's always controversy when, you know, a, a man comes his castle. I can tell you that the Andersons were very generous people. When, in terms of what they offered people to buy their houses. And it, it did end up going to court. We were in common police court, and then I think there were two people who held out, and eventually they settled, and they got very large settlements. But there were there were two people who fought it pretty hard, and eventually settled, and we have what we have now. Yeah, I remember driving by there years ago, and all the houses had been torn out except for those two. That were still standing, and um, I think one of the families actually left, but they still own the property. It already, they had actually, in fact, moved. I think, if memory serves, yeah. And the other one was uh, the other one was a two family, and I'm not sure that anybody still lived there either. It was uh, it was just their statement of my much my home, my castle. <laughs> yeah. So, is there any other exciting developments coming up to Nor to a Norwood on of that scale of a of a Rookwood or of a, like the the Paycor complex or anything like that? Well, we have the U.S. playing card that's on Park and Beach, uh, now called the Factory 52 or 52 Factory? Yeah, 52. <laughs> Owned by the PLK companies. It's going to be a huge, uh, indus- like a conglomerate of apartments, offices, and retail. They're going to have a dog park. They, I guess, want to do like an outdoor. I think movie screen. Or they just want to bring people to the outdoors. To um, even have like a food hall. So they're, they're going to have like this big. I guess you would call it a wonderland of <laughs> of what everyone 
you know, would need and, and want to be entertained by of all in that spot. So it's, it's really good. And they, I mean, they broke ground. They tore down most of the buildings except for, um, you know, a, a big parking garage, the original clock tower, um, and then the, the original building to the U.S. playing cards, which is now going to be the, the food hall. Uh, so those are staying, staying put, thankfully, get a little bit more going into the, to the ground and starting, starting to stick. The clock tower will be, um, very similar to, you'll be able to go up inside the clock tower, very similar to Summit Park out in Blue Ash. So I actually toured the buildings before they got torn down because people really like, it's like, can't you save this? It had been sitting empty for so long and there was so much damage in it. But um, they did manage, like as Susan said, to save the clock tower and the original building. And then they saved part of the parking garage that will be a parking for some of the apartments and things on site. So it's going to be a real destination when they get it finished. It's going to be done in two or three phases. So they, I saw that they are pouring foundations now. So you can actually see into the site now before the fencing around it, you, you couldn't really see into the site. So now that they've done all the door work and, you know, the underground work, they've taken down some of those barriers and you'll be able to see the construction taking place. Does the city uh, insist or kind of hint that they should try to keep some elements of what used to be there, like with LeBlanc and with the former GM complex, or is it really just up to the developer and they just decide to do it because they think it's cool? Well, I think it was a combination of the two, but I think the city would have insisted at, at all costs same clock tower. Oh, yeah, that's, and, that's iconic. And Norwood would talk about how that's how they knew what time it was. You know, when people would be swimming at the pool, they'd, they'd look at the clock or they'd hear the clock. So I know the city was insistent that they try to keep as much as possible, particularly the, the clock tower and the original building, which was really not in bad shape at all, uh, amazingly. And I remember when I first moved to the area and we would go shopping in Norwood, I remember a big deal used to be Surrey Square. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Surrey Square has... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, yeah, no. Surrey Square has taken uh, many shapes uh, and forms. Originally used to be brick buildings, you know, just like what you would see in, in parts of downtown Norwood. So they were old buildings. They had many, you know, restaurants, shops, and, and those were torn down. But it was indoor. It was an indoor. Yeah. An indoor yeah. Yeah. yeah Surrey Square was built in 75. And it was made to mimic the inside. When you walked in, you're walking on these brick pavers, made to look like you're walking outside again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they had many shops inside. And then, of course, Thriftway came in and was an anchor tenant. And then Central Hardware was on the other side and was an anchor tenant. And then they kind of just metamorphed throughout the years after that to, to what it is now, really. Yeah, I remember uh, Media Play was an anchor for a while, too. And Correct. they had an entrance, an outside yeah, entrance. And, yeah, yeah, and they had an entrance on the outside, and then there's also one from the actual inside. It was kind of the first to kind of mimic that what they call that lifestyle shopping center thing, which kind of what Rookwood was also one of the first to do, sort of. But like you said, but it was enclosed, which actually is probably a good thing in this part of the country. And the wintertime, that's for sure. Um, it was a lot easier to shop. But apparently that's, the move was away from that kind of stuff now, Um as you said, the Rookwoods are all like outdoor lifestyle shopping centers now instead of being enclosed. But um, that was definitely nice to be enclosed, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. yeah. 
So, so growing up in Norwood, what was it like? Cause I know, you know, growing up in Cleveland, I can remember old rest. Well, we used to, we had a mall in our town, so we hung out there a lot. And there were, you know, shops and certain restaurants that are no longer there. What are kind of some of your memories of growing up in Norwood and doing some of the things you used to do? For me, I would. I mean, I had a really great childhood. <laughs> I lived, uh, and a lot of families had this when they were also growing up. Their families, you know, they may have lived next door, a couple doors down. So my grandparents actually lived two doors down from my house that I grew up in. So I got to see my grandparents every day. They picked me up from school. You know, I went to um, Allison School. And so we would have, like, this tradition of, you know, going to get ice cream every day after school. And then playing hide-and-go-seek in the streets and, you know, just, it was just so much fun back then, really, and, you know, in the 80s, um, and then growing up, you know, as a teenager, high school was great, you just, you just get to know a lot of people, and a lot of people, you know, some have left, and then a lot of people have stayed, and now they have their own families, uh, get to experience that as well. I didn't grow up in Norwood, but my husband did, and there was never a doubt that if I was going to marry him and we were going to buy a house, we were going to live in Norwood. That was kind of package, you know. I, I had to accept that. He, as well, had family members that lived down the street or friends. They had, their parents had friends that they saw so often that they called them aunt and uncle. And they, when I finally asked, like, how are you related? Well, not really my aunt and uncle. We just always called them that because we were with them so much in my family. Um, he talked about leaving in the morning and going down to the park. There were park leaders, and you could play in the park all day long. The parks were just amazing at the time. Played baseball all the time. There was, there were, you know, not whole had just a, a, tons and tons of baseball teams. Just, he just loved it growing up. And when he got to high school, if you ask him, if you could relive one part of your life, what would it be? Without fail, he would say, I would go back to Norwood High School. It was the greatest four years of my life. So, you know, they had school dances at, down on the tennis court and, and, you know, just, just had great friends. And people just were very friendly and looked out to each other. And he just, he loved it. And was, it, was there kind of a, an us versus then mentality back then, kind of like, because, you know, as we touched on a little bit, you know, Cincinnati, there was always talk of Cincinnati trying to absorb it as it added lots of other neighborhoods, which is how the city grew. It kind of seems there was that kind of sense of an, of an us versus them, that you guys were kind of your own thing. Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, during the days of GM, they were glory days, man. They had more money than they were to do with. Right? We had great roads and great sidewalks and great parks. And, you know, the people on council would argue on how to spend money, you know, and then it wasn't all that long later, you know, here you are having to make all these cuts, but Norwood was slush. I mean, they had, they had, um, you know, they, if you look around at the school, some of the school buildings and some of the, the buildings around town, the fire department, Norwood High School, there were just so many buildings that were built all at the same time. The recreation, the, the John B. Worth School and the recreation center, Shea Stadium, they were all built around the same time and they, they paid cash for those things or, you know, didn't finance for very long. They were, it was a it was a great place to be if you could put up with the harassment of being from Norway, you know, or from the other people. It's crazy with all that money and all those nice new buildings that, that people would even feel that way, that would even get to that point. Well, I guess, like I said, Parma suffered the same fate. They had a big GM plant and they had lots of money and it was, you know, they were the next biggest city in the county. So 
It's just, I guess people always need someone to be the butt of a joke somewhere, I reckon. I guess. <laughs> um, another couple of things I just to I wrote a blog uh, a couple of years ago for the, uh, let me see, it was in 2019 it was published. It was uh, Seven Fun Facts About Norwood. So I want to touch on two other ones. One I forgot about, and we were talking about the history of the area, and the one always fascinates me. And I always forget this, is that there are Native American mounds in Norwood, or at least one. Yeah, it's right on uh, Indian Mount. <laughs> um, it's like the, the Tower Park. There used to be like a built park back there, right where the water towers are at. But there is a, a small mound, as you would call it. It is part of the National Registry of History Places, or Historic Places. So it is registered, but there's there's no people inside of it. It's just, it was just made for... A ceremonial okay. for the mound. Oh, so, they, so it's been looked into, because sometimes they'll look into those things, and sometimes they won't. Not where I live, there used to be tons of mounds, and I was reading that apparently they just flattened them all, for the most part, uh, because they're in the way of the farmers. <laughs> yeah, that's still there, and I, don't, I have a funny feeling that if anybody would ever try to touch it, there would be an outcry. It's not going to happen. Well, that's good. And um, looking at my notes here, and I hope I have this correct, isn't part of Xavier University in Norwood, or is it... Is that in Evanston or right? Yeah, part of it is. There's a small part. Um, okay. I forget the name of the building. It's right uh, kind of at the end of Williams Avenue. So it's a very small part. They are definitely uh, part of our community, if not our residential community. Um, a lot of the students live in Norwood and contribute. You know, we have pros and cons, <laughs> as every college town does. You know, they contribute to our economy. They eat in our restaurants. And... And they sometimes cause trouble, but you know those are those are college kids. We were there once before. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And speaking of, like Wasson, where the the bike trail that's been a pretty exciting development too. That that runs along. I guess it, it runs along your eastern border, right? Just at, of along the Rookwood complex, and then yeah. Well, it starts on Montgomery Road, and oh, that's right. Um, parallel to um, our Lexington Avenue. So there's a small part that goes through Norwood, and then it's back into Cincinnati, and then it's back into Norwood again, back behind Rookwood Commons. Um, I walk it a lot. It's a wonderful trail. I am so excited that it's expanded. So now it goes from Montgomery Road by Xavier University up to ultimately up to Alt Park. It goes up. They just finished another section. And I think the, the next section, the section for next year is going to go through Xavier and kind of up into um, Avondale, up to the, you know, Pill Hill kind of community, um, up by the University of Cincinnati and up there. So um, it's a wonderful place to walk. It's flat. It's well-maintained. It is shady in, the, um, in some parts. And it is a friendly place to be. It is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, we walked on it from, uh, where do we get on the trail we parked over uh, off the street off of actual Wasson Way which I guess we were probably in Oakley at that point but then we walked over to Brookwood and uh, had lunch with my daughter at the bookstore there and then we walked a little towards Xavier and yeah it's a very nice trail it's uh, uh you folks should be very proud what are the big things that are coming up in in Norwood well we have the um historic home tour actually next Saturday from two to five so that would be great it's actually going to feature homes that are, are in the oldest part of Norwood, which is around the Hopkins and Mills area. So we'll get to feature some of those homes in that area. And I just I just finished up on gathering on history on these homes. So 
That is my main job of the home tour. Um, yeah, November, was it November 6th, is the Gem uh, of the Highlands 5K race slash walk. That is um, a race or a walk that goes through residential areas, and they're thinking they might do a little bit on Wassa Way, um, so they may change the route a little bit. They raise money to give back to the community. They put money into our park. They were one of the contributors to redo the basketball courts down at Waterworks Park. I know that's coming up in November. And then the first Saturday in December is Norwood Christmas Town. That's um, put on by some members of the Norwood Business and Professional Women's Club. But everything there is free. There's um, a carousel and carriage ride, different booths, craft show and stuff in the middle school, gymnasium, and all kinds of activities to get people in the mood for Christmas. And then there'll be a tree lighting song by a group called uh, Poldog Pondering. They're from Texas that always comes to mind. It's, it's called The Ancient Egyptians, but it's a song about walking around. Anyway, the one line in the song is, things look different when they go by slow. And it really, I always think that whenever I'm walking on like the Wasson Trail or something like that, because you really see places differently when you can walk them as opposed to driving by them. And of course, with the Wasson Way, you're actually seeing things from a completely different angle altogether because there's not, there's not near any roads. It's the former railroad tracks. So you get a whole different view of the area. So it's, it's kind of nice. Not only, you're right, not only a different view, but different sounds. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. The nature of the people talking and mm-hmm. the sounds of lawnmowers. Yeah. You know, it's, it is wonderful. The sound of bikes coming up and say, passing on the loft, or, or, you know, ding, 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 <laughs> they're ringing their, their bells. Yeah. It's, it's, you're right. 
Well, wonderful. Well, ladies, I'd like to thank you uh, for being on the show today. This is great. We learned a lot about Norwood. Uh, and, of course, Cincy Shirts loves Norwood. We have a whole Norwood collection. We've got about, let me see, good 16, 17 shirts on here. And uh, while some of them are funny, they are not poking fun at Norwood. They're more poking fun at a certain style of T-shirt. And Norwood just happens to be the subject of them because, again, we like Norwood. And to that end, as the guests, you guys get to pick the coupon code that listeners can use for the next week until the next episode drops. And they can take 20% off their entire CincyShirts.com or our sister site, OldSchoolShirts.com order. That includes our Norwood collection or any other shirts you want to get. And it can either be a one-word phrase or it can be a couple-of-word phrase. Uh, what would you guys like the coupon code to be? Your pick, too. Um... Gem, just gem, perfect. And we have a shirt, Gem of the Highlands. It's yep. the first one in the collection. Very good. All right, super. Well, uh, thanks again, uh, Donna and Susan, for being on the show today. And we look forward to spending more time in Norwood and then the Wasson Bike Trail and at the shopping centers and everything. And uh, good continued success to Norwood, we say. Thank you. All right, thanks. Bye bye. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Donna Lake and Susan Daniels. So I was gonna use that song a couple of weeks ago as a playout song, and boy, people hate that song, and I don't really mind it. And on paper, I really shouldn't like it, but uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I think um, I think Bernie Taupin wrote on that with a bunch of other people uh, off of Elton John, songwriting partner. But anyway, uh, a song I'm not mad at, taking us out of the Norwood episode here. Uh, find out all the great things that are going on in the city of Norwood. You can find them on Facebook. The city has a website. All that fun stuff. You shop there. You drive through there. You love Norwood too. Oh, and check out our collection of Norwood t-shirts as well on the cincyshirts.com website or just go into our stores and we'll print one up for you. How about that? Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it by a PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com. Chip in whatever you feel is fair. I mentioned that in the intro. I mentioned it again. Now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, Email us, podcast at cincyshirts.com, and in the subject line, put podcast guest, and then tell us about the person you'd like to have us have us have on the show. Or, again, you can always volunteer your own services if you have an interesting uh, tri-state-related story. And if you haven't already, check out those Cincy Shirts podcast archives from baseball great Johnny Bench to actress Amy Yazbeck. There's just tons of great episodes back there. Today's show is produced by me, with all from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing there from Philadelphia. Find their music on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your music, you can find those guys. Find vintage tees from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and a whole lot more at OldSchoolShirts.com. It's just like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns, so you got your old defunct sports teams, old shopping malls, radio and TV personalities, uh, amusement parks, you name it, we've got it. Check it out. And again, the promo code for this episode is GEM. As simple as that. G-E-M. GEM. All uppercase, all lowercase. That part doesn't matter. What does matter is that you can use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order, or as I said, you can come into the physical stores we have in Over the Rhine and or Hyde Park and say, hey, I'd like to use the podcast code GEM to take 20% off my entire order, but it's only for the week that the episode is up. So if you're listening to this posthumously, 
That sounds kind of dark. If you're listening to this after the fact, uh, listen to the current week's episode, then you'll get the current promo code to use in the stores or online. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest NC Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye